and welcome to the 309th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm Matt Perkins. And a quick hitch across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, guys? Keeping it simple, I see, Matt. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm ready to get in this uh, ready to get into the show, and we'll dedicate this thing to Mike Leach, and I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But that guy's a freaking national treasure, man, and it's one of the saddest stories in college football. So, um, but I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to rock and roll. All right. Well, we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city, a man whose car just hit a hundred thousand miles. Congratulations to your Civic. It's our intrepid <laughs> blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Oh, what an exciting milestone for uh, for my car! There we go, Josh. You you drive less than most people. It's taking you like fifteen years to get one hundred thousand miles in that car. Well, uh, the first few years of owning it, uh, it did not go very did not go very far to say no, the least. Definitely not. <clears throat> definitely not. Okay. Well, we are going to get into it here in just a moment. But before we do, want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. They continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it. NFL, NBA, eSports, college football, college basketball, golf. Who knows what else? If you can think of a sport, they probably got it. World Cup. World Cup's still going on. We got a couple more matches left here. So head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at betonline.ag. That's the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, gents, uh, we have to start, as uh, we just alluded to, on a bit of a sad note today. Um, college football world lost an original in Mike Leach, uh, someone who I think is pro- was probably the only at least active college football coach I can think of who did not play college football in any way, shape, or form at any level. Um, and he was one of the originators of the air raid under Hal Mum. Uh, he and Mum. Uh, you know, he worked with Mum for a, a decade uh, across, you know, all facets of college football from, I think, Iowa Wesleyan, Valdosta mm-hmm. State, uh, up to Kentucky, where they led Tim Couch to being uh, the number one pick in the draft. He went off to Oklahoma, won a national title as a coordinator. Uh, and then they wanted the year just after him. Actually. Oh, sorry, the year after. I'm, well, he he installed the yeah. offense that became exactly. It, it, I, yes, okay. I, I should say I, you were right. Thank you for the correction, Josh. Yeah. Um, he went off to Texas Tech, had great success, brought them to a number one AP ranking for the first time. Lord knows how long, if ever, with uh, in that great Michael Crabtree uh, year, and uh, he found success on the field everywhere he went and left a legacy off the field uh which i'm not sure will ever be duplicated josh especially in this day and age where it feels like coaches are pretty cookie cutter uh in the way that they interact with the press and the fans and and everyone else yeah i mean he was just um it's so unique there there's one of my favorite youtube clips of him is uh when he's at washington state he's talking about how uh, the mascots would fare if they had a fight. And it's like, you just, you don't get coaches really talking about that ever. Um, he was just such a special guy. And, and 
Um, you know, we, when he started to have success, <laughs> we would then be like, he needs to run it more. Like you were winning the game. Why'd you keep throwing it? And then you choked it away. Um, but we always had those criticisms once he was winning eight, nine, 10 games. Um, the ride up there, you mentioned his run at Texas tech. Um, I don't know what their ceiling was at Texas tech. Um, if he had stayed, obviously, uh, the whole Craig James fiasco, um, you know, the role he played to get Mike Leach fired, um, what turned out to be very unnecessarily fired without cause. Uh, it was just a terrible moment for Texas Tech, a terrible moment for Mike they Leach. They still owe him money, too, by the way. Yeah, all because uh, all because Craig James and his son lied their asses off. Um, if he had stayed there, he had that Texas Tech thing humming. They, uh, I think they finished in the polls, I believe, like 11 times. And uh, he had a five-year run where every year they were ranked at the end of the season. So he had Texas Tech rolling. Um, I think it was a matter of time till they won the Big 12 outright and maybe, depending on the old BCS back then, maybe even played for national title. Um, just, just a unique guy, winner everywhere he went, um, but he'll be remembered most for taking the um, introduction of the air raid from Lavelle Edwards and BYU, turning it into a little bit of a new thing, putting some new wrinkles into it, uh, and then proceeding to win a whole lot of games. He's forever changed football. Um, you see the air raid still being really successful, especially for teams that are a little bit overmatched. Um, you, you know, he, he talked about the art of war. Uh, when your enemies unified, get them to scatter. So that's why you spread out all your receivers. Um, and just, you know, he was, he, it's a cliche, but he really was one of one. Yeah, I mean you can't. I mean you can say that about a lot of people, but it's, do you really mean it? No, for Mike Leach, yes, absolutely you do. I mean he gives marriage advice. Uh, he ranks <laughs> Halloween candy in press conferences. I really love the mascot thing. That was that was hilarious. I mean he anything you throw at him, he's going to respond to. Um, I read his book Swing Your Sword. That was that was an incredible eye-opening read with some of the stuff that he that he, was included in that book. Uh, a lot of the things he did at Texas Tech were revolutionary. I mean, he picked up a Texas Tech program that was dormant, and I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not rich in my uh, knowledge of Texas Tech football history, but I can't imagine it's too rich. And most of their rich history comes from the Mike Leach era where he just had talent coming through there, setting record after record after record. I mean, you had quarterbacks like Cliff Kingsbury, Graham Harrell, BJ Simmons, uh, just to name a few. Um, got, was able to pull guys like Michael Crabtree, Wes Welker, who, who was, uh, who was an NFL legend, Danny Amendola. I mean, some, some receivers that, Nobody would give the time of day to. He made them work because his system was so revolutionary. Started at Iowa Western. The story about how it became called the air raid is hilarious. Uh, where there was a fan in the stand with with an air raid siren that just kept playing it. Um, <laughs> that was that was absolutely hilarious. And that's in the book Swing Your Sword. Um, got a master's degree, a law degree from Pepperdine. 
Um, graduated from BYU, studied under Lavelle Edwards, decided that he said, nah, I'm not going to get into law school. Well, I'm not going to get into being a lawyer. I'm going to finish law school. And I'm going to get into coaching. Uh, just he's been everywhere. Um, not scared of a challenge. Took a took a Washington State program off the mat and made them into a viable program. What they have today, minus the Nick Rolovich de- debacle. But I mean, Washington State is a viable program now because of what Mike Leach started and established there. Um, Gardner Minshew is still in the league, and he was he was a deadbeat transfer from East Carolina, our Purple <laughs> Pirates, and and he made him into the nation's leading passer. Uh, the things he did at Mississippi State, um, which is a really tough place to win, uh, given the conference that you're in, did a lot of revolutionary things there. I mean, he just made it him he just made it a nightmare to defend because you had to defend all 53 and a third yards of width, every blade of grass. And a lot of principles are, are there. Um, Cliff Kingsbury got an extension. I'm not, really not sure how, but he got an extension <laughs> because of the offensive system that he runs. Um, it, it's, it, you know, Mike Leach is a legend. And I, I know people throw that word around very recklessly, but it is true with him. Look at his coaching tree. I mean, his one of his star pupils, Lincoln Riley, has produced three Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. I mean, just look at the people that he's influenced, and it's that list is ridiculous. And so, Mike Leach, one of one, probably the truest person that you can make that statement about. Um, you will be missed. Your advice in press conferences. The impact that you had on college football will be missed, and uh, you know, may your legacy carry on. I wish he was eligible for the Hall of Fame, but I think you have to be a sixty percent winner to be eligible, and I, I don't think he's quite at sixty percent because of some of the places that he is, some of the challenges that he has taken on as a head coach. But I, I think there be a, might, be, I think there might be a loophole for like. Um, contributors to the game. Um, well, there should be something because he needs to be in. Yeah. He needs to be in for uh, sure. Yeah, he he absolutely does need to be in because he he's someone who absolutely uh, alongside uh, de- definitely revolutionized the game. And so, and someone please find that damn air raid siren and put that in the Hall of Fame too as a, as a display. <laughs> the siren itself that would be fantastic. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but my net, my net lagged for a moment. I don't know if anyone heard me, but, but I was going to say, um, he, uh, was also a big did time you, advocate you ask of, Jeeves? <laughs> of, uh, of expanding the playoffs. Oh yeah. That whole rant was good yeah. too. Yeah. One of the few coaches who, uh, who highlighted that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, unfortunately we need to keep moving on. Um, there's no real easy transition out of this. We are going to talk about, uh, say, talking about coaches uh, w- with a quick jump back to the coaching carousel, as we are wont to do this time of year. Uh, the biggest news since uh, we were with you guys last week was that Stanford has named their new head coach, and it's Troy Taylor from Sacramento State, fresh off of a game that we're going to talk about here uh, in just a few minutes. But uh, that was a doozy that Sac just State just played against Incarnate Word this past weekend in the FCS tournament. Anyway, Sac State is out. He is now headed to Stanford. 
Uh, interesting hire here. Uh, I mean, Taylor can win. He's, you know, 54, I believe, which is a little bit older for a first time, you know, FBS head coach who's, you know, been at the FCS ranks for a while. It's an interesting move by Stanford, but Josh, I don't hate it. How do you feel about it? I really like it because what he did at Sacramento State is kind of amazing. The the year before he got there, 2-8, and 0-7 oh in the big sky, his first year there, Co-champions, nine and four overall, seven and one in conference, top ten finish. He knows how to turn things around really quickly. He's got lots of ties to the California, especially. Um, I know Sacramento is not strictly speaking the Bay Area, but it is uh, Bay adjacent. It's NorCal. Uh, so, it's NorCal. Yeah, so he's got great ties in the area, and um, I think I think Stanford's not as big a rebuild as people realize. They're Recruiting had dipped a little bit with the uh, early signing period and their academics. But when you look at um, their incoming recruiting class, it's not like the 110th. Like he's inheriting um, a, a decent roster. And I think what happened for David Shaw is honestly, um, he was just running a lot of antiquated stuff. He was, he was running a lot of Iowa style stuff and the the Pac-12 had caught up. That that power running game wasn't working anymore, and he didn't have the incredible running back like Christian McCaffrey to make it go, and he didn't have the incredible uh, quarterback like Andrew Luck to to really threaten the passing game. I mean, even David Mills, he, he wasn't walking through that door anymore. So um, I, I think the game just passed David Shaw a little bit by, and it might not be because David Shaw is old and ancient. It might just be David Shaw was kind of bored at Stanford. So I think this is a great fit for Stanford. I give it a solid A. All right. Yeah. Coach, you glad you agree there? I do. I mean, I, I think there's some exciting stuff that Troy Taylor brings to the table. He knowledge of the area. I think he I think he'll do well recruiting, uh, despite some of the limitations that recruiting at Stanford University brings. Um, but he's he's inheriting a really good offensive line. Uh, I think he's got some pieces there that he can work with. Um, and if he has some pieces that he can work with, I, I think he's going to be able to put together something exciting enough to, to be able to compete in the Pac-12 and kind of reclaim that spot. And, you know, I, I agree with with Josh on, on the David Shaw thing. I just think he got burnt out. I think he got bored. I think he just realized that what he was doing was not working and, and he just didn't feel like he could make a dramatic shift. And I, I think the I think the powers to be agreed with that, and it was probably a more of a mutual parting of like, hey man, like you had a great run here. We appreciate everything that you've done, um, but we're just gonna have to move on, get a get a new voice in here, uh, get some fresh so the opposite ideas. Of, and, uh, the opposite of Niamata Lolo. <laughs> yeah, Niamata Lolo. Wait, wait, I got fired. <laughs> yeah, that <What>? was <laughs> that was strange and a very questionable choice from the ad yeah. there um we'll, we'll talk about that we'll whenever about navy that. hires someone. yeah after navy hires uh one hire that was made uh a couple hires have been made first of all jeff brom jumps back to his alma mater louisville everyone knew this was coming yeah nobody's surprised by, that. Surprised I mean, by it i don't think it's a great move for brom personally but again that's my probably my big ton bias coming in i'm not sure it's a good he, move he, from he louisville <laughs> He was in I mean, a better conference. He was coming off being Big Ten West champs. I mean, 
Somebody had to win that conference. Like somebody had to win that division. But I mean, maybe I know he saw some writing. I don't know. Like there's there's got to be something that I mean, we don't know. Well, that, he's a Louisville guy. He went to Louisville. He's got all the Louisville ties. He wanted to go home. I know he pulled Purdue out of the depths of Daryl Hazel, but it should be noted he's 36 and 34, 26 and 25. He's a 500 coach. He'll win a couple spoil maker games where they probably shouldn't have won. Uh, but he's going to lose. He's jumping into the ACC. Yeah. But <laughs> so he's going to lose you some head. He's going to lose you some head scratchers too. So uh, enjoy upsetting. Uh, uh, Clemson one week and losing to Boston to College the Boston next. College the next. So um, let's talk though about who Purdue is replacing him with, which is Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters. Uh, I mean, I th- this one I know Walters was a name that had been thrown around there for some like smaller jobs. I know the people around the Illinois program th- speak very highly of him. Uh, I know that he was he was actually supposedly a finalist for the Colorado job before they gave it to Sanders because but he went to Colorado. That makes a little bit more sense there. I don't see this really from either side. Uh, Coach, I know you were kind of bullish on it, but Josh, the way you're shaking your head makes me think uh, not so fast. Well, I saw someone uh, on a Purdue Reddit or Purdue message board uh, call it Danny Hope 2.0. So uh, Purdue's really really excited by it. Um, look, the fact is the Illinois defense was incredible, but it was against the big 10 West. So you don't fully know exactly what you're getting. Um, this is a critical hire. As coach just said, you're coming off winning the division. You want to springboard up. And I'm not sure a 36-year-old who's never been a head coach is what you're looking for if you're a Purdue. Um, I think you're looking for someone with a little bit more coaching experience or looking for someone who's been a coordinator for a lot longer than he has. Um, You know, he got his first defensive coordinatorship back in 2016 with Missouri Coach, you follow the SEC. Did Missouri have very good defenses 2016 to 2020? Because I'm not really remembering Missouri's defense being like something I mean, that was I appointment. Think, I don't think they were world beaters, but they were pretty good. They were pretty pesky. Yeah. They, they just, you know, uh, I think recruiting was a was a major issue. I mean, they they were. I mean, he he worked under Barry Odom those years. So yeah, um, I, I think it's they just were, too much of a mystery hire for me. There's a lot. There's a lot of intrigue there. Uh, you know, when you hire a young guy, you could either get somebody that's really good and going to change your program. Actually, this is going to be a program changer. Now that could go one of two one ways. Player you, you could, yeah, you, you could you could fall back into the depths of the Daryl Hazel era, or you can take a next step up and and really kind of fill in those gaps where Purdue was weak, which was defense. Like they they that's that's kind of the thinking behind that. Okay, we're going to get a, a a defense that. From somebody that knows this division, that had a little bit of success in this division, we're going to try to see if we can strike while that iron's hot. We're going to see what court, what offensive coordinator he pairs himself with, what staff he can bring, and if he can get a little bit of recruiting guys going there um, to Purdue, maybe this thing could turn in his favor. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of intrigue, which 
I, I, I give it a C plus ish because you know, you, you get a young guy in there with a lot of energy and had some success. I, I, I wish he would have had a little bit more experience, a little more seasoning, but maybe financially, this was the, this was kind of the best, best guy on, on the table. And I don't hate it probably as much as Purdue people do. Um, Maybe it's just my outsider perspective on 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 the Big Ten and especially the Big Ten West and Purdue football, but we'll see, man. Like I've heard that he might hire Derek Dooley as his offensive coordinator. That would be a disaster. <laughs> I mean, honestly, coming back to what we opened the show with, the absolute perfect coach in an alternate universe where the stars align. You have ultimate underdog coach Mike Leach, who loves to air it out with ultimate underdog program Purdue, who was most successful under Tiller, airing it out uh, with their mm-hmm. own kind of proto version of the uh, the air raid. Well, we'll find you find you an air raid offensive coordinator. Let's let's roll, man. All right. Well, um, just stole one. I I just. Uh, give me a one-word reaction to each of these. Uh, UNLV hiring Barry Odom, Josh. Yes, good. Corey. <laughs> Great job. Uh, Western Michigan hiring Louisville offensive coordinator, Lance Taylor. Josh. Eh? <laughs> Coach? You said one word. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> and we'll finish off with <laughs> uh, North Texas hiring uh, Washington State offensive coordinator Eric Morris. I wish this I could a little longer. The hell yeah, that go was. For you, you can have a full sentence for this one. If I'm not mistaken, um, he's the former incarnate word least, coach. That is correct, Josh. and he oh. is a part of the. He's a part of the leech tree. I'm oh, curious. Yeah. I like if that. We're gonna have a. Uh, who was the guy who was Temple's coach for about 30 minutes Manny before going to Miami? Yeah, I, I'm curious if with all the tragedy in the world, uh, not to make light of it, I am curious though if Mississippi State gives this guy a call. Uh, no, if they're going to give someone a call, I wouldn't be surprised if it's new Wisconsin offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, who is also, that could also be a leech, who also coached with leech for a long time. Um, and is they also might wait for the Cardinals to pull the trigger and fire uh, Coach GQ. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it could be a lot worse of a landing spot. Could be a lot worse of a landing spot for they him. just they just extended him and the GM. So I don't know if the the GM yeah. and, and and old Cliff and GQ are, are tight. So if uh, if he stays though at North Texas, I really like the hire. I agree. I agree. Uh, he had success with Car- Incarnate Word. Uh, Washington State has a good team, you know, good offenses here with their quarterback. I don't think he's going to get to bring Cam- uh, he's not going to get to bring Cameron Ward with him to North Texas. I don't think Cameron Ward's following him there, but I would imagine if, that if I'm miss- if I'm Mississippi State, I'm calling Caddy. I'm calling Caddy. Let's do it. Interesting. That would or, I mean, or, or Jimmy Leonard. Culture fit. Jim, Jim Jim Leonard in Starkville. I don't see he's uh, Mike Leach in Starkville. Was that really a culture fit? No. Well, true, but Jim Leonard is very buttoned up. Is very very buttoned up. I don't know. Maybe I, they I, need I, that. I don't. I, they they probably do need it. Okay. Um, need what we need to do is uh, talk about what happened in the FCS bracket this past weekend. Uh, we saw you know a couple of eh games. And then one game 
to make them all weep. And that was... Not incarnate Word, baby. I'm sticking by that prediction. Incarnate Word, Sac State, 129 combined points, 57 points in the combined points in the fourth quarter alone. Um, This game... Mm-hmm. This game was 28-17 at halftime and ended 66 to 63. Um I think actually wait, hold on. No, that's right. Sac State just scored again. Um <laughs> while we are here recording. No, th- I mean this game was like something I like I something I I'd never seen in regulation even more so and to me, I mean, I I don't even honestly know where to start the the numbers that are that that came from this game are mind-boggling, Josh. I mean, Sac State had 740 yards of total offense. Uh, I think there were about 600 yards for Incarnate Word. I mean, like, where do you even want to start with this? Because there are so many angles to go from this game. I guess what stood out to you most besides the final score? Well, I mean. It- it's funny how the sport can throw so many different wrinkles at you, but one of the most basic things about the game is you got to protect the ball. And despite putting up 63 points and having an incredible offensive day, Sacramento State had four giveaways. Um, one of their interceptions turned into a touchdown. Another fumble turned into a touchdown. Um, you know, just just can't do that. So, um one of their fumbles was also a scoop and score. So uh, it's just, you know, it, it's too bad in a fun game like this that someone had to lose it. But if you're looking for a reason why, uh, turnovers, fundamental football. Yeah, got to protect the rock, man. But this game was just full of just excitement. The the ending was very, very thrilling. Uh, both, t- like, Sacramento State, had they not played Incarnate Word, probably would be in the semifinals right now. Um, they were better than every other team that played in the quarterfinals. Um, but yeah, Josh, you hit the nail on the head with that. Got to protect football, man. All right. Well, that sets up an almost chalk final. Uh, Incarnate Word, Coach, uh, their reward for beating Sac State is taking on North Dakota State while uh, South Dakota State, uh, the Jackrabbits, who I picked to win it all, are taking on Montana State. Uh, which they, I, they, they, they better bring their lunch pail, man, because that's going to be a physical ball game there with, with the, with the bison. Yeah. Let's talk about that, that, that North Dakota state incarnate word game here, Josh. I mean, we've got definitely two clashes of styles here. Um, the game itself, um, should, should be a, should be a really, really interesting matchup. And I'm curious who you think has you know, the advantage coming into this because incarnate words as hot as anyone. They are. And it's the, uh, the classic high scoring offense versus what we know as a very, very, very physical defense. So, uh, how's it going to shake out? I mean, technically speaking, North Dakota state is in the better conference and, uh, they're the higher seeded team for a reason. um, but this is going to be North Dakota State's best offense that they're facing. I, I can't think of a Missouri Valley team that even sniffs what Incarnate does um, offensively. So uh, we've also seen the pack catching up to North Dakota State. They have had closer games this season. 
than in past years. They had a few losses this season. Um, you know, they, they slipped to a three seed. Uh, they're passed by South Dakota State for being the best in their conference. Um, but it's a little bit like Alabama. Until they're dead and gone and eliminated from this tournament, they're they're the team to beat no matter the number next to them. So um, should be an incredible game. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to both of them, uh, quite frankly. I still believe at the end of the day that South Dakota State is going to come out on top. But, you know, Coach, do you think that Montana State can, you know, take down what have become my jackrabbits over the last three years? Well, before I watched that semi before I watched that quarterfinal game against uh William and Mary, I, I thought, you know, I thought, okay, if if whoever South Dakota State plays um out of that bracket, they're gonna wipe the floor with them. Yeah, I don't quite feel that way anymore. Um <laughs> both teams looked both teams look impressive. I mean, Montana State just was I mean, just a blitzkrieg of points and defensive plays and i mean they just were they just mauled yeah william and mary yeah i mean they they, really did every like in every aspect of the game too which is which is scary so it, it gives you a little bit of pause like okay maybe this is not as easy of a game for south dakota state um so i mean it's going to be one of those where any little mistake from either team could mean the difference in the game. I, you know, I picked Montana state to win this region. Um, so I don't want to say like, I'm surprised that they made the semifinals because they were my pick, but I was honestly stunned how the William and Mary game shook out. I mean, William and Mary beat Gardner Webb 54, 14. They were clicking on all cylinders. They were the five seed. Um, they did very well in a tough conference and that thing just turned sideways for them. They lost 55-7 to Montana State. And I know Jackrabbits are in the tougher conference because the Missouri Valley is still the premier conference. But if you just look at the path here to the semifinals, South Dakota State got a Delaware team that kind of we were a little unsure of. We, we thought they looked good against St. Francis, but we were cognizant of the fact that it was St. Francis. Uh, and they got Holy Cross, who was undefeated. Holy Cross had an amazing season. But when you just compare the conferences, there's a reason why Holy Cross was 12-0 and and the 8 seed. Um, whereas Montana State beat up on Weber State, a team that we all thought had an upset potential. You guys, I think you guys both picked that upset. I did. Uh, and then they got that William & Mary team, like I said, was very impressive in a good colonial and very impressive against Gardner Webb. So um, Montana state comes in here, really not afraid of anybody. And maybe the Jackrabbits have their playoff bugaboo behind them. Um, But the Jackrabbits recent history has been filled with disappointment. Um, I don't make the same mistake that RG three made when saying bugaboo. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, Maybe uh, maybe South Dakota State's over it, but um, you know it, it's the semifinals. It's the four teams that are there to deserve it, and uh, none of these games are going to be easy. No, they are definitely. Yeah, not. I mean, I I think you're going to see very what's with South Dakota State and, and Montana State. I think you're see a very back and forth game. Uh, but both teams, I, I think, are competing to play 
clean football. Um, I, I think you're going to see a difference in special teams or, you know, which team can steal a possession, which team can, can, can make a big play uh, in that game. I think we'll, we'll, we'll be the, we'll be the victors in the other side. It's going to be, can incarnate word match the physicality of the bison. And if they can do that, they can win. But I think the bison has a chance to really just dominate up front and, and take that game over against a team that probably collectively is more talented. But I think physically, North Dakota State has an advantage. So you'll kind of see which style kind of wins out. Yeah, it'll definitely be a, a really good matchup. Okay, well, now we're going to move to some matchups that may not be so great, but are still fun nonetheless. <laughs> it's time to move to bowl season with more and more guys sitting out, hitting the transfer portal, coaches moving around. Who even knows who's going to... Uh, show up in what games everyone else is going to bring into chronologically or what games matter most not us now that's we're a little bit different how are we doing it we are ranking the bowls (laughs) in the neck in between this week and our next show based on where josh wants to visit the most so josh where are we starting our bowl mania 2022 (laughs) yes i i'm a geography teacher so um we have between this and our next recording 12 bowls to run through 12th dead last on this list sorry good people of boise idaho the famous idaho potato bowl december 20th afternoon i would not want to go to boise in the middle of the winter i don't ski i'm out uh why you should watch you have eastern michigan hard scrabble team they don't make it to very often bowls but they've turned things around the last few years with chris Wright, and they're awesome nine win team they're taking on san jose state uh, a nice feather in the cap that they made a bowl game. As we know, they had a player, uh, unfortunately, die midseason. Um, so it's nice for these two teams to get a bonus game. I just don't love that it's in Boise. Uh, I'm just going to button and say I'm going to be rooting for Eastern. I don't think Eastern's ever had a double-digit win season. Um, and so if they were to win this, get it to 10 wins, that would be the first double-digit win, uh, win total in program history. So I will be pulling for them in this one. I have no other thoughts otherwise. Yeah, so, yeah, so bowl locations and bowl <laughs> names, like probably the weakest bowl name of all time is the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented by Steve Stifler. Um, <laughs> but, but it is in SoFi, and it is Washington State versus Fresno, so that's an interesting matchup. Well, no, least. we're not going to get there yet. We have to let Josh go through them. We're going through them Here one by going. one, Coach, one by one. Yeah. Okay, I, I okay. Yeah. I just had any, to throw that out any, there. Any thoughts on the Idaho Bowl? Um, no. I I would rather <laughs> let's put it this way. I'd rather go to Idaho than the p- p- place that's next on your list. All right. So next on our list, and also not a desirable location in the middle of December. Can I interest I think you? The in Idaho Boston, Bowl is better than you're giving it credit for because Boise is kind of a unique place. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Can I interest you in Boston, Massachusetts, for the Wasabi Fenway Bowl? Uh, this nope, one gross. is December 17th, 11 a.m. Uh, you have two teams that are uh, breaking in new coaches. It's Cincinnati versus Louisville. Uh, no idea what any of those players are feeling as they are coachless. Um, well, half this, of them are in the transfer is, portal. <laughs> yeah, this this is going to be a game that uh, I'm I'm quite confident I will watch zero seconds of. <laughs> I think that we can. That might be a, a clean sweep, Coach. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely watching zero seconds of this one. 
Well, I, I to say that I might watch it is probably a lie, <laughs> but it might be on the TV, like in the background while I'm doing stuff. Yeah, Maybe. I think that's about the best like, that I could hope for in this game as well. Uh, also, just, bowl games in baseball stadiums, two thumbs down. It it, it doesn't work yeah. in a lot of different ways for spectators. For the fact that like there's like parts of like the sideline where like if you go a like two feet out of bounds, you are like running into a, a wall. Well, nothing, nothing worse will be nothing will be worse than Wrigley where they had to go to the same end zone both ways for field goals. <laughs> uh, no, good. for anything, oh, both for, offenses had to go oh, the same way. I forgot way. about that. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, that's too be, funny. Because because the uh, the wall the beyond one of the other windows was maybe half half of my foot away from the from the end line. So like like you really had to slam on the brakes. All right. Uh, next up is a city that I honestly love. Um, I've only been there once. I really liked it. The Hot Air Balloon Festival is amazing, but that is in the fall. I'm not crazy about Albuquerque, New Mexico weather. I looked it up. I think it's like in the 30s right now. So i uh, not too high on this game. But the New Mexico Bowl is a battle of uh, abbreviations. We got SMU versus BYU. Uh, this game's also on the 17th. This is the primetime game at 7.30 p.m. Um, these are two teams that kind of uh, seems like they had a midseason swoon. At least BYU did. I, I don't know uh, too much about <laughs> what's invested in this game. Who's sitting out? Anyone know who's sitting out? <laughs> Probably half the teams. Uh, they got well, two good not, recognizable not, I names. I don't think at BYU. Least. I don't think you don't see a lot of BYU players in the portal. To be honest, uh, typically, I mean, they are the Mormon mission portal. Yeah, they, they 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 send dudes out for a different kind of portal for two years and they come back and they, they've grown two inches and have gained 30 pounds. No, I mean, <laughs> honestly, in, in this one, what I'm interested in seeing two good offenses. Yeah, two good offenses mm-hmm. and SMU be an I, exciting ball. I, I like I like the direction of SMU right now uh, with Lashley. He's starting to also build a recruiting bridge that's also a transfer portal bridge to the state of Miami, to Miami-Dade. Uh, he's brought in four dudes from Miami already via the portal, guys who were very good under him at Miami and didn't mesh with Josh Gaddis' system. I mean, that was pretty much everyone who suited up so for the, the whole Hurricanes team? this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, But no, I, I'm interested in the SMU team to see, to see how they move forward. All right. Well, we are going to the. Uh, I can. I can the, you know, uh, for our next one, we're going to the suburbs of Dallas. We're going to go to Frisco, Texas. How is Frisco uh, Dallas, better than Albuquerque in places like? And when I was looking at this list, Josh, to me, like Frisco probably needed to be the bottom of the list. It's a suburb of Dallas. Yeah, but you can you can drive into DFW and uh, and go and visit the Chuck Norris Museum, the Walker Texas Ranger Museum. I'm sure they've got one. Only if they're uh, having a uh, giant <laughs> memorial to Trivet that, that that's going on right now. I I did it more based on weather because obviously here in Chicago, I would rather go and uh, go to some warmer locations. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Frisco Bowl. Uh, this one is. Also in that 
December 17th slew. There's a lot of games. This is the night one. This is the 915. This is the standing in for Pac-12 after dark. We got the local boys, North Texas versus Boise State. Uh, North Texas fired their coach. Uh, Boise State probably a little bit bitter after uh, coming up short in their title game. And just based on their records and talent, uh, Boise should mop the floor with them. Yeah, they absolutely should mop the floor with them. Mm-hmm. And w- you you have to double that when you realize that North Texas doesn't have like their coach. I mean, a bunch of coaches have going to be gone. I mean, this shouldn't be, even be close. No, I mean, Boise, Boise should play with this. It's going to be a boring bowl, really. And I think it's going to, is it going to be a boring bowl in Frisco? Is it what it should It shouldn't be the Frisco bowl. It should be the boring bowl. <laughs> is, is it going to be in the Cowboys facility where they like they have the 12, thousand seats in their practice facility for for like high school games is it going to be there i would have to assume so mm. <laughs> I, I would have to assume so if it's a if, do we if it's care not enough because i'm not watching the game anyway so why don't we yeah, move on true. to another place that i have uh very little interest in oh. all right so we're gonna go uh north of miami then we're, we're gonna, gonna go north of fort lauderdale <laughs> We're going to go to where the old old folks hang out. We're going to go to Boca Raton for the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. We have a mess of a program that's lost a bunch of games and their coach, and they've checked out on the season Liberty versus a team that should be feeling very good because they just won their conference title game in Toledo. And maybe it's my bias of hating the Fallwells and Liberty, but I've got Toledo winning this one. No, Josh, I hope you, Toledo wipes the floor with them. I think that they will. And <laughs> Josh, I think it's more because you have an affinity for uh, blatant ripoffs of Spanish town names. But mm, Toledo, exactly. Yeah, I think I, I think Toledo, Toledo, uh, however you want to pronounce it, should run amok on Liberty because not only is Freezes gone, a bunch of their players have hit the portal, and. You know, leave it to uh, a, a company that specializes in roofing insurance to uh, have a bowl in Florida where all the hurricanes come. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to another place that is known to have a little older demographic, but they've got a ton of great golf courses. And uh, I was checking the weather and I could easily get in a few rounds of golf if I was attending this game. It's the Myrtle Beach Bowl, although it is in Conway, so not officially myrtle beach but the myrtle beach bowl it's on monday december 19th so monday night football no other game to watch on monday the 19th i'm sure we've got marshall versus our upstart we loved them they made a bowl game six and six uh marshall had a mid-season swoon but they did finish up the season eight and four we know at their highest of highs they knocked off notre dame this year um I am curious if the buy-in of Jim Moore getting this program to a bowl game, UConn rises above their their record to to knock off Marshall. Um, but I do think talent to talent, Marshall's a, a, a scotch better still. Yeah, but you're not going to get me to believe that uh, UConn can't win this game at this point. Like I, I, you know, everyone has been you know clowning on them all year. All they did was make it to a bowl game. I. I think their heads will be way more locked in because at this point, like, you know, uh, Marshall's gone to bowl games relatively recently. UConn's just been a 
absolute dumpster fire for a while now. These kids have fun to play for. I like UConn here. I'm in a I'm in a confidence pool for uh, for for a bull picks. You and put I, max confidence. I did not put max <laughs> confidence on it, but they were they were above eighty points. Uh, they were above the median. They were above the median. Matt took out a second mortgage to bet it all <laughs> on UConn. Second on, mortgage. Yeah. By third. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm taking you no, I'm not taking UConn. I'm taking Marshall. They're they're more experienced in this whole scenario. So um be it'd be an interesting ball. I'm glad UConn is getting to experience this. So yeah. Uh well, next up, we're heading way down, way down to uh about as far south as you can get in the state of Alabama. We're going to Mobile, Alabama, the Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, the Mobile weather today, I looked, it was in the 70s, I believe. So uh, oh. sign me up for that. Now, see, Josh, it's surpri- knowing you, though, it surprises me that you wanted to go to Mobile more than more than Conway slash Myrtle Beach, or even more so than Toboka. Yeah, but Mobile has uh, Mobile has something that always lures me in it's not they my have, baseball season josh they have uh i believe a world war ii era battleship that's now a floating museum okay yeah no okay that, 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 that that's uh yep yep that'll do it that'll do that's it, right at my that's right at my alley uh we have five and seven rice getting in thanks to their incredible apr versus southern miss who went six and six um i i google mapped it because i'm on top of stuff uh, Hattiesburg to Mobile is under two hours. So if people really want to make that drive um, on a Saturday, they easily can. And uh, they're, you know, if they do, Southern Miss should have quite a few fans there in the crowd. I think that gives them the edge uh, in kind of a random bowl matchup. Yeah, I don't see a ton of fans wanting to show up to this game between uh, teams that are combined 11 and 13 <laughs> and like i mean southern's miss there's not a lot to like cheer about right now just in general with the whole farveness <laughs> of their university so i think that I, what's I, wrong I, with brett Favre? what did he do i'll i'll, I'll <laughs> what well i, I mean I, I can't yeah he he did a couple <laughs> things they might they might want to check in on if you're a, a tax-paying citizen and resident of the state of Mississippi. You might be worried about some of your, your money there. Uh, man, what happened? I don't know. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 kind of a weird matchup. Is, that, I don't is think this gonna... the worst bowl game? Like, in terms of, like, teams? And, like, potential no. product on the field? No. Iowa-Kentucky. No, but that is, like, the, like... That's the sickos bowl of the year. Of the century, potentially. Like, that, oh, I, I, I can't wait to win whenever we're, we talk we're gonna about that. We're going to spend four hours. That's going to need its own special to That's document every game play, itself. Okay, to document every player not playing in it. Let's keep it moving. All right. Next up, we are getting to the game that Coach was talking about the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. Uh, this one is, despite saying it's in L.A., it is in Inglewood, which is down by LAX. So be a little bit of, We'll be in a little bit of traffic. And uh, from what I've heard, uh, there can be about four cars in the SoFi parking lot, and you'll still magically wait about eight hours 
to get out of that lot. They uh, they had some urban planning issues with the parking arrangement there. I think the issue was uh, that Matt, wait, Urban Meyer was in the plan. planning process. Well, that would have been that was <laughs> yeah. one of the many issues. <laughs> well, that's the first yeah. mistake right there. <laughs> Um, Matt and I had the privilege of living in Los Angeles. It can be a very, very, very fun city. It can be an amazing city. The fun and amazing parts of the city are nowhere near Inglewood. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, but the matchup is pretty and exciting Jerry for those is of you not, that don't. not walking through that door. Yeah. Uh, the, the matchup is a pretty exciting one for those of you that don't know. We have uh, from the Pac-12, 7-5 uh, and five Washington State. Uh, who looked uh, at times a little bit better than their record, although they could not quite get over the hump and, and knock off any of the heavyweights in the stacked Pac-12. And they take on Mountain West champion Fresno State 9-4, and four, who's won what feels like all nine of their games in a row. Um, Fresno by far the hotter team. I have not heard that Hayner is sitting out for any reason. So based on that, I think you have to like Fresno State, despite how formidable the Cougars are. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree there. I mean, I I felt even better. You know, I'm the I'm the guy who picked him to win the title. So out of the their uh, conference title, out of the three of us, so I, I felt pretty good about that one. You gotta like the momentum. I'm pretty they sure have. I picked Fresno too, didn't I? Did you? I don't to remember this title? one. I felt good I about it when I did it. So uh, that's all I remember was what was the happiness that I made. That I that I had getting that pick right. Yeah, no, I mean I I like Fresno, but it's not like I'm going to count out Washington State here. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I think that's going to be a very tightly contested game either way. That'll be a fun game. To It'll watch, be yeah, it should be high scoring. Yeah, matchup uh, wise, might be the best matchup. Oh. One of the best, one of the better matchups. Uh, I forgot to mention that game is also on Saturday the seventeenth. Most of these games are on Saturday. It's uh, the three thirty afternoon national slot uh next up we dip down uh to the fcs ranks for the cricket celebration bowl in a city all of us love hotlanta it's there in Hotlanta, the, ben- the mercedes-benz uh satan's butthole stadium we got uh undefeated but primeless jackson state taking on north carolina central who also put in a pretty solid season at nine and two um, I don't know if losing their coach and half their team to the transfer portal will impact things, Matt. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Does losing your head coach, your starting cornerback, <laughs> and two-thirds of your roster mean anything? I don't know. I don't have the, I don't have, I don't I'm not the one with the coaching experience. Let's kick it over to our OC. <laughs> coach, how do you feel about losing your quarterback right before the biggest game of the year? That might be a might be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> might struggle a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't like this for Jackson State. I, I I wish they would have kept everything intact, but who knows? It is what it is. I mean it is what it is. I mean, Prime, Prime is in Colorado, he's got bigger fish to so, fry. I mean, I'm they, they named T C Taylor their new head coach. Um I am you know, I if I'm not wagering on this one, but if I were, NC Central would be getting a lot of my a lot of my funds. If you're wagering on this one, you should probably call one of those one eight hundred numbers. Uh, that game is uh, noon on the Saturday. Um, so next up, cracking the top three, we're we're getting to three serious destinations now. Uh, a city I love, uh, but not quite as much as the other two. But I do absolutely love Las Vegas. We got the SRS distribution 
Las Vegas Bowl. This one is also on that Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Got a Power 5 matchup. We got 6-6 mm. six and six Florida taking on 9-3 and three Oregon State. I've been beating the Oregon State drum all season long. Uh, I do not recall seeing any major hitting the transfer portal setting out this game. They just extended their coach rightfully so. Uh, give them their 10th win. I got the Beavers. Easy. Yeah, no, no Anthony Richardson and uh, the, the backup is in prison. So yeah, give me the, <laughs> give me the Beavers too. It's, no, it's the backup be, is literally in prison for child we'll there, porn. It is and we'll be there for a while. And that's so, usually okay. a headline we would have seen under urban Meyer. Yeah. Is that, fr- that's frowned upon in every state except for Florida. Um, just <laughs> even in Florida, even in Florida. Surprisingly, they frown upon it. Even I don't know. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Everywhere. It's, um, it's, it's the, um, the one universal. It'll be a great broadcast crew. They got uh, Kurt Curb Street, Dave Pash, Pat McAfee, and Laura Rutledge on the call. So that'll be a fun <laughs> okay. Um, that's strange. Uh, Oregon State's gonna gonna wipe the field with them. All right, we got we got to hurry yeah, for these you're last eat two. Pat McAfee for entertainment. Purposes. Ugh, no, I won't. Uh, we got to finish real fast. We got two left. Um, Orlando, amazing weather. Amusement parks, Disney, Universal, it's all down there. Cannot go wrong with this. The Duluth Trading Company Cure Bowl. This one's going to be on Friday, 3 p.m. And it's a shame that it's Friday at 3 p.m. because this matchup is one of the best. Two conference champions. Troy, this 11 and 2, and our lovable Meep Meeps from San Antonio. They're also 11 and 2. Uh, Troy's had an incredible season, but I feel like they're punching a little bit above their weight right now. Uh, San Antonio lock, looks locked in. Trailers uh, gotten a, a contract extension. They're starting quarterbacks coming back with a nice NIL deal. Um, give me the meeps. See, I I am going to me me. I'm going to go G5 with the, the man. G five Maddie here, baby. I'm going to go with the man who sits next to the guy who's calling the game. Hershey's calling the game. I'm going with a little Lee Corso here and saying, "Not so fast, my friend." <laughs> the game was being played in Orlando last time I checked. Troy, Alabama, a lot closer to Orlando, Florida, than <laughs> does it matter? San Antonio, Texas. Because people are taking the day off work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> taking a long weekend, yeah. heading down to or- t- heading down to Orlando. It's Why a not? six and a half hour drive, Matthew. It's a lot longer than it. But it's a lot closer than it is to San Antonio. San Antonio is a major city. I'm sure you could fly southwest or something, Spirit or something. They're all, they're all they're the back with seven thirty seven, Josh. I don't think a 737 Max has room for the, for the two kegs of beer that I'm bringing along with me. <laughs> you just got to buy All an right. extra seat, Matt. You got to buy an extra seat. <laughs> no, I'm going with. No, right. I, I mean, I, honestly, I like both. I, I like both teams. I think it's going to be a great game. Maybe the best game of bowl season outside. I mean, just in terms of matchup, stylistic. Like, I think this is going to be a, a phenomenal game. I was kidding, mm-hmm. but not really when I said this is the G5 National Championship. <laughs> you're not um, that far off? No, you're not. Uh, no. Let's end with our favorite location. This is our favorite location for all the bowl games. Leading Game's the way here suck, today, but... 
the the gold standard of if you're going to play in an early bowl game, get your butt down to the Bahamas Bowl, the hometown lenders Bahama Bowl in Nassau. Sign me up. Yes, it's what ninety degrees out there on the beach, eighty degrees out there on the beach. Tropical yes, breeze. please. Yeah, yes, please. A nice like tropical drink sounds amazing. Uh, we got six and six Miami of Ohio, six and six UAB. All the players and coaches are already winners because they get to go to the Bahamas. Yes, sign me up. In terms of who's going to win the game, uh, honestly, Miami of Ohio, Chuck Martin. Honestly. Their team looks like crap sometimes. I was stunned they made a bowl game, uh, even without their coach. And and presumably Trent Dilfer is going to be scouting his uh, his talent (laughs) for this game. Uh, Just based on (laughs) who's coaching... Uh, Miami of Ohio, I'll take UAB. <laughs> yeah, I really have no clue on this game. It's just going to be fun to watch because it's in the Bahamas. It'll Bahamas. Be, it'll be Bahamas. See, see, that's the thing, though. If, so if I was, if I was going to be, if I was at one of these two schools and I knew I was going to hit the transfer portal, we see all these dudes go in super hard in day one. I'm mm-hmm. like, do it after. <laughs> Yes, I'm going through bowl season. I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm getting bowl swag. I'm getting my week at oh, I forget the name of the uh, like Atlantis. I think is the resort that it's at the uh, yes. like the Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting all of that. I I get back on like whatever it is Sunday yes. or Monday. My finals are over. I've just come back from the Bahamas. Boom! Now I'm hitting the portal. Yeah. Come on, hometown lenders. Come on, Na- city of Nassau. Come on, Bahamas Bowl. Come on. Believe, come on, Mike Farrell, make us the official podcast of the Bahamas Bowl. Send us down there to live stream during the game. We will call the game. We will do whatever it takes for us to be in the Bahamas in the middle of December. We will sign go, us up. You can send us yeah, around we'll- to <laughs> Mac games all next year to scout different because you know they send bowl reps to scout yeah. all different teams. We we will do a full tour of the of the Mac schools next year. We'll do a live show every week from different Mac school to send us <laughs> to the Bahamas Bowl. Yeah. Come on. We are the official podcast. I can't wait for our four-hour special on the Music City Bowl in the Bahamas Bowl. Eight oh, hours yeah. of content. We could become the official uh, hashtag midweek Maction pod. There we go. I love it. I love okay. it. Let's do it. Well, uh, I think it is time for us to wrap it up here uh, today on the 309th edition of the Legal Motion College Football Podcast. On behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, up there, or I should say up here in Nashville, Tennessee, (laughs) and our intrepid blogger in Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois. This is the Professor Emeritus, having used that name in a minute, Matt Perkins, on (laughs) in Nashville, Tennessee on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Saying so long and see you next time. And uh, go Bahamas Bowl. Bahamas Bahamas Bowl. Bowl. Watch it. Don't give a who wins. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently we don't care about FCC standards anymore here either. No, we don't. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.